Africa Calling, a bi-monthly podcast with sound-rich reports from our correspondents on the continent. African Voices reporting on African stories produced by Radio France International. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of the Africa Calling podcast on November 26, 2021. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. We have a number of interesting stories from our correspondents on the African continent this week. In this episode, our Nigeria correspondent takes a look at the rising waters in Lagos due to climate change and how this could permanently alter some neighborhoods. Our Ghana correspondent finds out about the dangers of skin bleaching products that are being sold in shops. And from Malawi, we have a report on a mechanic who's trying to help rural communities with his new invention. And finally, don't forget our special song at the end. Africa Calling. Rising sea levels is one of the major climate change threats to the African continent, with a long coastline that is vulnerable to rising sea levels. In Nigeria, many coastal communities have either vanished under the rising ocean or are extremely vulnerable in face of radical weather changes. Sam Olukoya went to the Oken Alpha community near Lagos to see how rising sea levels have affected the people. The first thing one notices at the Okunafa community is the ocean and the way it has encroached into the community. A substantial portion of the community is gone, and what is left is under threat. Evelyn Adeleke is a mother of three. The water from the ocean will enter the house, and the whole house will look like a river. It damaged many of our belongings. Once I went out and before I returned, the ocean had swept away some of our clothes, some of our property. It was serious because the water carried tables and beds and other things right out of the house. Adelike has brought in a carpenter to pull down her wooden house so she can relocate further away from the ocean. Within a year, the family has changed houses twice due to the ocean surge. Many households like us are frequently relocating as the ocean encroaches. The ocean has seriously affected us. There used to be many houses here, but the ocean has swept all of them away and people must move to the other side. The road has disappeared under the ocean and the ocean has moved closer. My family is praying for the ocean to spare us until next year. If we can get money, we'll move away from here completely. Adeleke, who sells beef, is her family's breadwinner. She says the environmental problem has seriously affected her business and the family is struggling to survive. The ocean surge has also affected my work because people have moved away from here. Many of them are my customers and they've all moved away. So there's little patronage. The children and I always had to work hard to earn money. One of my children, who's in school, spends her holidays working as a labourer at construction sites. Perhaps the only thriving business here is this one that produces blocks as it is meeting the needs of those who want to relocate elsewhere in the face of the rampaging ocean. Philip Jackbo of the Friends of the Arts, Nigeria, says the situation in Okuafa is replicated across Nigeria's coastlines. (laughs) 
is so it's a serious um, crisis that we have because the entire coastlines are going. Millions of people have already been impacted from Lagos to Ogun, Undu, Edo, Delta, across the entire Niger Delta. The communities that are on the coastline, they are all being submerged. And what this means is that we are going to have a lot of displacements. It has multiplier effects. Health, on the health of the people, on the livelihood of the people, on their general well-being. In Lagos, some groups like the Nigerian Bar Association's Subcommittee on Ocean Search and Climate Change and Environmental Impact Assessment are partnering with the government on how to salvage the vanishing coastlines. Are Oladotun Hassan is head of the group. There's a need for us to bring in all the resources in Lagos. If it's going to take us to have Ocean Search Trust Fund, for every Lagosian and every corporate multinational to contribute and rescue this situation, we are going to get it done. And to this end, we've, we've considered to look this issue from the international perspective. Very soon, between now and first week of December, we should be able to host the Maiden World Ocean Surge Summit in order to address critical Issues being, you know, you know, taking Lagos as an example. Back at the ocean front in Okwafa, music plays from a bar. The bar owner and many others know their days here are numbered. If nothing is done to urgently stop the rising ocean. Reporting for Africa Calling, this is Sam Olukoya in Lagos, Nigeria. And the first World Ocean Surge Summit, which you heard about in this report, is slated for December 15th. Africa Calling, produced by Radio France International. Several African countries, including Ghana, have banned the use of skin bleaching products. These lotions are said to contain steroids, which have far-reaching health consequences. Health experts have warned against the use of bleaching products, saying they could lead to kidney failure and skin cancer and other life-threatening ailments. However, the obvious side effects have not stopped the quest for a fairer complexion, which is often seen by both genders as more attractive and provides them with an economic advantage. This report by our correspondent, Pearl Akanya Ofori, looks at the phenomenon in Ghana and how it's being tackled. In whatever form they come, whether tubes, lotions or pills, bleaching agents are not difficult to find in Ghana. They are displayed over the counter, marketed on social media, and sometimes disguised as creams with skin glowing properties. This is the central business district of the capital Accra. It houses several shops from clothing to shoes, cosmetics among others. It's a Saturday afternoon, a market day, and there is a lot of buying and selling going on. Here, you can find cosmetics retail shops that sell both bleaching and non-bleaching creams. In one of the shops, a male customer enters asking for a cream that will change his complexion from dark to fair. Good afternoon. How are you? Please, I want a product that will make me fair. Fairer than the woman? Yes, a little. 
<laughs> or maybe your color. Are you serious about I'm it? serious. This one is Kojic. Uh -huh. So how many months would it take for me to see the effect? Depends on how frequently you've been using it. The price is expensive, but I like this one. So you know what I will do. But my money is not up to, right? You know, I'll come and buy this one. The customer has found what he wants, but decides to make the purchase later. With as little as two dollars, one can walk into a shop and make a purchase. But for those who can afford, you can spend $200 or more, depending on what product you opt for. In August 2017, the Food and Drugs Authority, a government agency that ensures the safety, quality and efficacy of products such as cosmetics, banned the importation of creams containing hydroquinone, believed to be a bleaching agent. But this has not stopped some importers from bringing the product in, often using unapproved roots. Now, pills and injections containing bleaching ingredients are the new normal for those who want a change in complexion. But that is only a preserve of the privileged, as infusions can cost at least $200 per shot. Nikki Bwamponsem is a certified skincare specialist and beauty therapist. She says, a lack of self-esteem may be one of the reasons why people bleach. Most people are bleaching because they believe being fairer makes you more beautiful. If you are dark, you have to be proud of your color and everything. But then immediately you start feeling that, no, my color is maybe not getting me to places. Then you start changing. Then it becomes a sick mind thing. And then... Those who do it, once they start going to the higher level of, you know, like new innovations for bleaching and everything, they are into it. You see? So I believe people have low self-esteem. That's why they want to bleach. However, not everyone sets out to bleach. There are people like Nadi, a resident of Chokochemuena, a coastal community in Ghana's capital, who had her skin color altered after using a product she purchased from the pharmacy to treat a skin condition. I bought a product from the pharmacy to treat skin rashes, and I honestly had no intention to bleach. I mixed epiderm ointment with my daily pomade, which is Evesheen. This mixture exposed my stretch marks, and now they're very visible on my skin. The bad part is that this is irreversible, and it's damaged my skin. I never sought the advice of a physician before using the product, so you can more or less say that it was self-medication. Apart from being a skin care specialist, Nikki runs a beauty academy where she teaches her students the best skin care practices. Today, she's not the one lecturing. Okay, welcome ladies. One of her tutors, is taking the students through the dangers associated with skin bleaching and why the message should reach everyone. I am coming to talk about skin bleaching. Who can tell me if you have heard anything about skin bleaching? Although opinions are divided over bleaching, a good number are of the view that keeping one's natural complexion is always a safer option. Black is so pretty and I prefer my natural color than bleaching. Okay. And because of the sun, so you need to maintain your 
skin. You don't want to use something which you are sweating and smelling and all that. So I prefer my natural color. When you see people who are bleached, what comes into your eyes? Ah, I cry for them because you see their skin is very bad. And I have an auntie who has bleached and they sent him to the hospital. They told him she's not going to survive again. And black is nice. I prefer black than the white color. Ghanaians like to copy people blindly. I will never choose or marry a woman who is bleached over someone who has maintained her natural complexion. In my family, it will even be difficult to present a woman who is bleached as your wife-to-be. It's unacceptable. When you are seated close to a lady who is bleached in a vehicle, you will notice that they have this offensive smell because of the products they use. The nose masks we've been made to wear because of COVID have become more useful to me. It protects me from inhaling all the bad odour from those who are bleached. Back in Nehi's office, she's drumming home the message about the harmful effects of using skin bleaching products. You see, unfortunately now, for even educated people, it has become like everybody wants to bleach. Everybody. From minister to whoever, the younger generation, they have started. And then those who can afford it do these sophisticated ones that you know of, like the injections, and then of course the, the infusions, where we call it drip, where they have the products in there, and they inject themselves for it to go around the body, into the system. These are very dangerous things, because some of them are steroids. So far, Ghana has no data on the number of bleaching products that are imported into the country making it difficult for researchers to know the extent of use. But whether or not one plans to bleach, skin experts insist that keeping a natural skin tone is healthier. Pearl Akanya Ofuri, Accra, Ghana. Check us out on Twitter, Africa underscore underscore calling. We're at Africa underscore underscore calling. And now, from Malawi. Eston Nkoma always causes a sensation when he drives his car around the townships of Lilongwe, his home. Earlier this year, the 24-year-old unveiled a vehicle he made from scratch. This week, correspondent Charles Pensulo hitched a ride in his prototype car around Lilongwe city centre as Nkoma tells him of bigger initiatives that are in the pipeline. In downtown Lilongwe, the traffic is tight as the hot sunlight descends on Malawi's capital city. The rush allowed me is in contrast to the calm attitude being displayed by my driver. Ten minutes before, I was apprehensive to join the ride. This is a car just like any other, he said. He turned the ignition key before the engine came to life. A shift on the gear and a press on the accelerator got us moving. Inventor Eston Nkoma, who made the vehicle from different parts, including an engine from a motorcycle, says everything about the car was modified. Nkoma was born and raised in Chimoka village in Lilongwe. He grew up with six siblings and described his childhood as normal. He never went far with school, however, dropping out in primary school in Standard 4, although his parents would have wanted him to go far. 
his interest in appliances was spotted not only by his parents but also the people around him. Nkoma told me how his childhood influenced him to be the person that he is today. When I was growing up, I used to scramble and fix things. When I was nine years old, I started coming up with things. My father used to repair a lot of things, including bicycles, so he started teaching me. I worked very hard, but even my father discovered my talents, and he encouraged me. I stopped repairing bicycles and learned how to repair motorcycles. Nkoma is usually a busy person, spending most of his time at his workshop or commuting between the townships, cutting his toolbox in his vehicle to save clients. It took a number of phone calls and days of waiting before finally meeting for this interview. During the interviews, the phone kept ringing. Those are clients, he said. The vehicle has also provided him with a means of transport, which improves his business. I used a motorcycle engine. I bought a gear for reverse and the tires are from the tricycles and I bought them as well. A vehicle has one gear which can be shifted in different directions, but my gears only goes two sides, left and right. Mine has got six gear levels but only one for reverse. My vehicle has different advantages and I know that if I can improve on this one, people will benefit from it. It can be used especially in rural areas to transport goods or even carrying harvests from field to homes. Right now, I carry my toolbox and travel to places to work. It has made travelling very easy for me. Apart from culling farm produces and travelling, Nkoma believes that people in remote areas can use the vehicle to call patients to the hospitals. Most people walk long distances to access health care. He confided in me that he was working on another vehicle, bigger and better, which he is taking time to create because he hopes it will accommodate sick people who are in dire need of transport. This vehicle supplies many people, he says. As we cruised through the lanes of the newly constructed Alia 18 interchange, I asked him if he has ever faced trouble with authorities, especially the police. Nope, the police have never stopped me. They just let me pass and sometimes they just wave at me. I hide it and very few people know about it. I've done five vehicles before, dismantling and redoing, and this one was the final outcome. The other one will be interesting and people will not believe that it was made here. The reason that I hide is I would like to surprise them, not necessarily because of fear of people stealing the idea. Mechanic engineer Alexander Maunonga says he is fascinated by the car and believes that it could be put to different uses, especially in the communities, if only some things can be improved. This car seems to be okay. Actually, uh, with no doubt, I think the guy who has manufactured this car is a genius. Uh, only that uh, maybe there are two or three things that should be examined, especially maybe with the chassis, the strength of 
the chest itself is it strong enough and also there are especially safety measures that has to be looked into so i am sure and i can see even the parts that have been used the components the tires seems to be okay like they are big enough yeah for sure this vehicle can help in those areas like transporting maybe a people from villages to to the hospitals back in the vehicle Nkoma was usually quiet and responded to the people's stares and admiration with a simple nod and a grin. I could not imagine the nine-year-old him being described as a dismantler and a troublemaker because of his skills. But looking at the passion which he was speaking with about the vehicle, I alighted from the vehicle, believing that what will come next will mesmerize the people more. For RFI's Africa Calling in the streets of Lilongwe, this is Charles Penslow reporting. Find us on your favorite podcast platform app, including iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We're almost at the end of our program. We have music maven Alison Hurd in the studio. Hi, Alison. What do you have for us today? Hello, Laura Angela. I've been a bit indulgent this week because my pick is a, a piece of neo-soul from the Nigerian-born singer Wayne Snow. Well, that's mm. his stage name. His real name is Kesiana Ukuchov Bara. I, I, I love his voice. It takes you to lots of different places, sort of skywards. Um, he's now based in Berlin, but he got his love of synthesizers and electronic music growing up in Nigeria. He's just released a solo album it's called figurine and i've chosen the title track it's maybe a reflection on who we are on masks or and it asks the question who is the real you that's a very big and genuine question in the age of social media isn't it mm-hmm. and if you have a chance to watch any of his videos online you'll see he's just an utterly captivating dancer as well as a great singer hope you like it excellent well thanks for listening to episode seven of africa calling we'll leave you with the fabulous sounds of wayne snow i'm laura angela bagnetto this episode was edited and recorded by cecile pompiani and laurie poussin goodbye for now A deep friendly, a deep friendly. I let myself believe I'm your figurine. Could you guide me like a falling leaf?
gonna be there I'm gonna be there Difficult.